Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Wardell with Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? I don't understand why I ever have confidence in my NCA brackets. <laughs> like every year within the first six to eight games, I lose a final four team. Every year. It's like clockwork. Are you gonna, is this another it. show where I have to listen to a crone bitch about Iowa? I mean, no. I, that just, <laughs> that's how I was starting out. I have, I've gotten over it. It's been several days. I've lost several more games. Yeah, Matt and I were literally recording, and I was I was listening to him lose his mind in real time as Iowa dropped that first round matchup. Oh, I heard. I I, I listened to the show. The man... I'm, I'm sorry you had to listen to that show. My <laughs> audio was not good. Yeah, I, I I got through it. I was I was too focused on him and his his crybaby whining. It's <laughs> his specialty when it comes to any game that he has any sort of involvement in. Betting brackets doesn't matter. Doesn't go his way. It's cursed. It, it, it's everything. Greg, you're talking about two-time back-to-back better Light champion Macron. I understand that. And I, and I give him full credit for that. He's done a great job on the show. That is accurate. He, he, can, he, can, scan, uh, he can scan everything with, like, with the best. Of him. He reads the lines. He's got it down. But when he does lose, it's, it's a cry fest. Does he chop it up with sports well? Uh, well, no. <laughs> well, sometimes it depends, but for the most part, no. Oh, Zed. <laughs> Actually, Zed will be uh, Zed will be featured this week because uh, Mike is on vacation, so Zed will be coming in hot this week as the fourth uh, the fourth Mike on Better's Delight tomorrow. So vacation sounds wonderful. Oh. I'm, gonna a, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna take an impromptu vacation right now. I did announce. Uh, did announce yesterday. That after I got done my work in the morning, that I was just going to take the rest of the day off. And really, what what that amounted to was uh, me watching a couple episodes of Psych in my basement, and then working for some working more, and then then playing a little Horizon Forbidden Dawn, no Horizon Forbidden West, and uh, then working more. That's my vacation. <laughs> Yeah, well, they can't all be that glamorous. We can't all go to the Bahamas or something. We can. I can. I'll pay for it. Let's do that now. Yeah, listen, I hear you. I'm in but on this. I, 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 I'm not a tropical vacation guy because I'm not a then beach why'd you, guy. Why'd you bring it up then? I'm just saying. You said we can all do it. And then I said, yes, we actually technically can. And I, you're like, I don't want to. You're ugh. <laughs> You're just the, the worst kind of person. Look, Greg, all of that talk aside, uh, we have got a lot going on in the sports world, as as you damn well know. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to talk about some Major League Baseball futures. We're going to talk about some NCAA March Madness lines. And I'm the one you should be taking these picks from. I should... 
I should have a bunch of units on Better's Delight. Because <laughs> I won. I, we find, It took us seven episodes, Greg. It took seven episodes of In Pursuit of a Parlay. And I nailed that goddamn thing last week. I mean, I, I was very pumped when I heard that you, uh, you got it. That is excellent news. Excellent. Eight pick parlay. Uh, we ended up at plus 39.35. So 39 to one, basically 40 to one. All I needed was uh, all I needed was Duke to win at the end, and I've never been less confident in a in a Duke basketball team and just their ability to win over a 15 seed than I was right there. I mean, listen, they're 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 an interesting team, right? They they have I think we talked about it maybe via text last week or even maybe on the show. They're a team mm. full of pros that doesn't it doesn't feel that way, right? Yeah, yeah, they're I, weird. Like they don't they don't defend particularly well. Um, their offense doesn't seem extremely fluid, and yet somehow they find themselves in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. So it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have five future pros on that team right now, at minimum. If this is, uh, I don't know if Bavada has an over under on amount of future pros from this Duke <laughs> Blue Devils team, but. I'd probably I would set it I would set it at five and a half to make it interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would be it, it, you could potentially take the over in that situation because uh, like there's clearly guys that have the talent. It's just a matter of you know where they fit in the NBA, obviously. But I just like everything screams to me that this is the this is a year where Duke kind of middles along throughout the season. They're up towards the top, then they they lose a weird game here and there, and then all of a sudden, here we are two weeks, you know, three weeks after Selection Sunday, and they're playing in the Final Four. The Gonzaga game would scare me the most. I mean, obviously, this weekend will be tough for them, Um, but I I just, like, that. I think they're a team that can go to that Final Four. I don't know if they can win a national championship. I don't know if they're, they're, I don't think they play good enough defense to do it, but Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about all you have to do is you have to get through, you have to get through a Texas Tech team that is good for sure, but Texas Tech really, really had to battle against. Uh, uh, it wasn't, it was Notre Dame. It wasn't Alabama. I mean, it was a team. It was a team they had to come back from a playing, uh, playing game team. Notre Dame barely made the tournament, and Texas Tech struggled with them. So, and yet I had Notre Dame winning outright on in pursuit of a parlay last week. Well, my apologies because I would have went. I went Rutgers in that matchup, so it was it was Rutgers all day for me. That's a that's personal allegiances. So it By is the what way, it is. Yeah, you just you love Ron Harper Jr. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why. Thank you to uh, thanks to everybody who checked out in pursuit of a parlay. I feel like we're growing every single week. It's super fun. I think we had uh, looking at just under right now nineteen thousand people watch it on Woo! YouTube. So that number has jumped up. I'm hoping since we had a winner, winner, chicken dinner kind of week last week, that number is going to be up over 20 this week. Yeah, and, uh, that'd be just, awesome. Just keep going because there's going to be a time really soon where I'm not going to know what the hell I'm going to do any given week once uh, once basketball's over. I mean, you're talking about getting soccer involved and mostly, especially when it comes to the summer, you're not even talking English soccer because or European soccer, really. You're talking South American soccer. Uh, Mexican soccer, U.S. soccer, uh, 
Can I tell you, I think it is probably a sad testament to the sport that you go Mexican soccer over American baseball. Well, uh, well, I mean, I'm just talking because you can't just you're not just going to pick eight baseball games. I mean, you might you maybe a week you do pick eight baseball games. But uh, to me, you're going to have to mix it up a little bit. You got to get everything involved. You got darts. There's darts. You got Premier League darts coming up this Thursday. I'll tell you what. I'll have you on the show and we'll <laughs> we'll have a dart pick in there. That'll well, be my, the one and only dart pick that I ever well, make. We, we can take a look at whenever the next bigger tournament is where, where Bovada has lines up for it uh, and take a peek at it. Because typically, you know, it, like there are several weekends where the tournaments aren't like the bigger ones. A lot of the European tour tournaments and things like that. And with the with the recording schedule, I don't know if the Thursday darts make sense, but we can we can figure something out. We'll we'll put something together. Yeah, that is the well. I'll tell you what. That was the real delight of the show last week, and it's going to be. I'll have the ability to do so again this week. It's the first time I could ever record it on a Friday for a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We had the lines for the Saturday games. That. It, it that NCA tournament stuff, man, it really helps. <laughs> it really helps. And I help make you rich. So make sure you're subscribed to In Pursuit of a Parlay on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like the YouTube channel, uh, Underdog. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com backslash C backslash the underdog. Uh, make sure you're following there. And, uh, you know, hey, look, if you're listening to this and you want to do me a solid, just uh, we got the playlists. If you wanna, if you wanna check out, and you know you're sitting at your computer all day not doing anything, just throw open our YouTube page in a, in a window. You can just hit the play all video option and just let that cycle through in the background while you're doing something yeah. of consequence. Absolutely. And like like the videos if if you like the videos. We had over a thousand likes on this recent one. So I mean that's that's all you can ask for, right? could ask for more than that greg i could ask for every person who listens watches the show to like it <laughs> uh, i mean yeah you could the odds of that you know tough very tough no but, but seriously i was kind of like I, I said this like half in jest but you, anybody listen to this you're doing us a huge favor if you have that youtube page open playing videos in the background major favor that the retention rate just skyrockets we get uh we get recommended more and more people watch it more, you know, more people subscribe and uh, it only helps out. So yeah, you should, everybody should be doing that. Thank you. And uh, thank you. And please just some algorithm stuff. I hear that. Just some my, goddamn algorithm stuff, Greg. My YouTube algorithm has now been overtaken by darts. It's, it's <laughs> legit. Like I have a pro like Matt, Matt's obsession with King of Queens. Yeah. Th- this is where my level of darts obsession has gone. Like I have, I have a legitimate problem. Well, it's I'm just waiting for watch. Kevin James to get into darts. I mean, that would be. Do you want to talk worlds about crossing? Colliding. <laughs> I was going to say crossing streams, worlds colliding. Like that is that would be a real. It'd be a real problem. I le- like you- last night. Last yeah. night I was trying to find a documentary. There was one. I was trying to find find any movie, like a movie with darts in it. Like I don't care, comedy, action, drama, doesn't matter. Couldn't really find anything. Uh, but I did find a documentary. Not available in my country to stream or purchase. So, very disappointing. Well, well VPN action, Gregory. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I could figure that out. But no, it, the the point the point is is that it it is legitimately taken over my life. Like it's it's insane. It's insane. It's mainly because it's a hobby that I have 
that I don't have to really go anywhere for. <laughs> like I went, I went golfing over the weekend, and as yeah. fun as much fun as I had uh, defeating people who. Uh, and I'm not a good golfer. I barely golf, but I beat people who pride themselves in golfing and 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 really enjoy golfing. They love golfing. Uh, they've become simply obsessed with golfing, and yeah, they have super nice clubs. I'm playing with 30 year old clubs. It's it's crazy, but darts is something I can just be in my house. I don't have to go anywhere. That golf trip, I left my house at eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't get home until like four thirty. So like it, it was just I was waiting day. for it to be like midnight and you're like no it was, it was early afternoon. Well, but still eight to four thirty when you have two little kids running around, it's a lot that's a big <laughs> it sounds part like of an day. ideal amount of time well, to be out of the house. Sure, sure. Uh that's certainly certainly one way to look at it, but um it's just like that's such a time commitment. I, I it's, mm. it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Gregory, let's talk about a handful of things that have happened over this past week. And the one that I really want to delve into is that myself, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey are now best friends. I I couldn't agree more. I heard your stories. I'm surprised you weren't uh, on the bench last night. I'm a little surprised, too. Honestly, I probably should have played in the, uh, in the Sunday game or the uh, Saturday <laughs> game. Could have used, used some help. But last night, they got a little something-something out of Shake and Cork Moss. I I attended the uh, 76ers Cleveland Cavaliers game with that courtside, and uh, obviously you know the story. But we're just kind of hanging out before the game. Uh, something like it's like you know 20 minutes before the game, 25 minutes before the game. Guys were out there messing around in layup lines. Good old good old Jimmy H. Uh, he takes a shot. He's running back. Sees uh sees two people sitting there. Sixers gear looks down. Sees I'm wearing the Harden Fives, the polka dots. Gives me a little respectful head nod. And uh, that's pretty cool. And um, I will say the Harden Fives are the single least comfortable shoe I've ever worn in my life. There is no scenario in which I will ever wear them again. But for the experience, it was well worth it. I mean, yeah, obviously. Like, well worth it to... To become best buds with them and get the mm-hmm. acknowledgments that you did, how could it not be worth it? Yeah, Tyrese was uh it was halftime. Tyrese was walking over and uh kind of he looked over, saw the Sixers stuff. Again, we were kind of everybody else was gone. So uh, Craig, there was uh, some sort of professional athlete. Some sort of professional athlete was sitting at midcourt, like oh. four four seats over from us. We could not figure out who it was. People were stopping him for like pictures and stuff. Couldn't figure it out, but they were all gone. They were at the the lounge, just, just chilling in the lounge. <laughs> I got a lounge story in a second, but um, <laughs> it was halftime. Everybody was gone. Tyrese is walking over again. You know, sees the Sixers. People wearing Sixers stuff. Little stare, little little head nod from me. Little head nod from my. I'm gonna call him Reese. This is my boy. And uh, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like we had a connection. I mean, yeah, look at you. We were ru- hobnobbing, rubbing elbows with the with the rich and famous. <laughs> we went to uh, we went into the lounge. Like I forgot what the thing was called. Oh, I have, I still have it here. It is the uh, the Bacardi Ocho Signature Lounge at Rocket Mortgage Arena, and you know it's just. All the, all the food and drinks are free. Um, we walk in and like, what are people, what are they serving? 
because we, we were interested because, you know, we had the same experience when we were, we were at the Kings game uh, a couple of years ago. We're like, what are they serving? Like, what says arena food? Like a super heavy beef bolognese. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Like, who is coming to the arena to be like, oh, man, I, I love that bolognese. I mean, I will tell you, uh, like, when I sat when I sat courtside for that Villanova game and had lounge access in that situation, yeah, that what it tells you about the lounge access. Like, it's on your ticket. Oh no, no, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, uh, prior to having the knowledge that the lounge existed, yeah, like I knew what the lounge, I, I knew of the lounge. I didn't know <laughs> what the lounge entailed, and yeah. the, the the fact that in in, in your case in, in in Cleveland it included beef bolognese. Yeah. But also, like, just the amount of food, like, highly prepared, like, very oh, yeah. professional. Like, this is not stadium food. This no, is this is food. high quality. Yeah, and it's beautiful because it's all free. I will tell you. Yes. Uh, and uh, what is the Stanford Pavilion? We went to the Stanford-Kansas game and we sat courtside. I will say that that lounge is a little lacking. Mm. That was uh, not high quality food. But these are real, uh, real champagne problems. We're talking about real relatable so. problems right now. <laughs> Listen, I, I, they're champagne problems for you. I got invited and asked and, and went for free. I, ha- <laughs> I, I don't have, I don't have this scratch. I, I was barely, I was contemplating tickets to a Phillies game on the opening weekend for myself and the family, and that was too rich for my blood. So I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you were listening to the episode, but I did pseudo commit to uh to get in a luxury suite for a phillies game this summer oh i heard i heard i mean i'm in <laughs> I, I pseudo committed to it it's not a hard commit well but it's it's worth exploring i, I mean I right, listen all i know is, is i'm in explore explore all you want if it goes down i'll be there with bells on and this way we don't have to pretend like it's not a thing because you know there's more more seating available. Yeah, of course. That's perfect. <laughs> so Zed can go. Oh God, I don't know about all that. That <laughs> seems that's aggressive. End list. It's going to be the Crohn's Zed. Would that be causing any problems? Oh, oh, that would be. Who, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think that's the way to go. Well, some. I mean, every everyone everyone involved would probably be happy. <laughs> oh my. No further comment. Uh, the Phillies made a couple of big acquisitions over the past couple of days, Gregory, bolstering their offense to one that could conceivably can be considered among the best offenses in the entire National League. The Phillies add Kyle Schwarber on a uh, four-year deal and uh, Nick Castellanos on a five-year $100 million contract. I will tell you that it uh, doesn't make a big dent in the old sports books. Bavada has the Phillies in the exact same spot they were before uh, the basically the top team of the second half of teams, uh, but their their odds to win the World Series has gone up from plus thirty five hundred to plus three thousand. I mean, yeah, like that's I love it. All I keep thinking of when I think about this lineup is Mark McGuire on The Simpsons. Do you want to see all these CIA secrets or do you want to see me sock a few dingers? Dingers. dingers. Exactly. That's that's what I'm here for all summer at Citizens Bank Park. Just dinger after dinger after dinger. 
That outfield error after outfield error after outfield error. It doesn't matter if you score more runs than the other team. It does, You could give up a million runs with this lineup. You're always at a threat. To and hit. they're gonna. Oh, well, hey, what can you do? Um, this I'll is a be, bad defense, Greg. This might no, be a, the worst defense in Major League Baseball. It's a terrible defense. The pitching staff's weak still. Uh, but we're here for dingers. That's all I want. I just want <laughs> dingers. I'm not worried about anything else. I'll worry about that when we're like six games out of a playoff spot with 12 to play. Uh, but for now, let me let me just bask in the glow of a few dingers. That's it. What positions are average or above average defensive positions? Like catcher, Real Muto. After that, where? Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Is there a second one? I don't think there is. I don't think there's one other person on the field who you would consider average to above average. Well, who's second base is going to be is going to be Segura. What? Segura, yeah, yeah, he he would used to be adequate, but that's no longer the case. Uh, figure Stott and Didi are going to get time at shortstop, though Stott might get time at second base too. Neither one of them is going to be a plus at their position, even nope, even a break even. <laughs> Bomb might be the worst defensive third baseman in baseball, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Hoskins is Hoskins is close to okay. It, yeah, he'll give you he'll give you a little bit every once in a while, but for the most part, he's not great. Uh, Bryce is in left, so Bryce is Bryce is an okay left fielder. He's gonna be he's gonna move the left, or is he gonna stay? Oh, he's right? in right. Sorry, I'm I'm an idiot. It's okay. Oh, yeah. I don't love his arm and right, to be quite frank. Uh, that's not ideal. But, uh, but you would have to say he's a plus defensive right fielder. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, uh, a second. All right. Okay, look at that. Two out of nine. We're good. Hey, that's two. It's two out of eight. You don't know that the, any, any given pitcher is not a plus defensive pitcher. That, that is true. That is very, very true. I guess I guess we're just gonna have to 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 go with it. I'm I'm fine. Fine. Uh, I'm not fine with the fact that Adubel Herrera is back. It's a it's a mystery, a complete mystery, why you would even consider making that signing. It makes zero sense. He stinks. Number and the one, fans are gonna hate it. Yeah, well, I think the fans at this point are so apathetic to it, like because mm. baseball baseball doesn't get anywhere near the draw that it does. But people should be upset about it. It's like there was no reason to bring him back. Yeah. Like he he was barely brought back to the major league level last year. And then when brought back was inadequate to be a major league baseball player. Like yeah. it, it's it's baffling. Absolutely baffling to me. When I saw that the reports that he was potentially going to come back, I was I was stunned. Stunned. Yeah. It's just tone think? deaf. What do you think of uh, Veerling? I'm fine with giving the kid a shot. He was decent last year in the time that he got. Might as well. I just it's don't know. Hard. Yeah, exactly. That's that's really all you can ask for at a certain point. The issue is going to become if Bohm becomes a complete liability at third, which he already continues is. to be a complete well, yeah. liability. Uh, how how do you how do you do this between DH? first base catcher like the lineups every day are going to look very funky well there were only two players two worst defensive players in baseball than castellanos last year so you have to assume he's the he's predominantly the dh which means schwarber in left field and that is 
suboptimal. <laughs> An adventure? Yeah. Uh, you really, like, this is really the time, and Odubel Her- Herrera is not this guy. This is really the time where you, you sacrifice any offensive ability at all in center field to have the best defensive center fielder you can find. Where is Michael Bourne when you need him? This is true. I don't know if Michael Bourne can keep playing. He can still play baseball. I'm pretty sure he's going to be calling road games or something for the Phillies. Yeah, uh, he's in that rotating group, I think. Yeah. Uh, see if he can lace him up. Just play center field just for a little bit because, I, I mean, like, it is, it, is not, it is not a good situation in terms of who can play center field. Like, oh, man, you just wonder. Yeah, I guess it's going to be another rotating situation. Like, mm-hmm. did Adam Hazley ever come back to play baseball? Is he just gone forever? Uh, I think he's, he's been playing in spring training. Okay, so he's back, I guess. Um, and he won the job last year, right? Maybe yeah. he's... he also I, lost I, the job last year. Well, he left. I don't necessarily know if he... He was pretty terrible before he left. Sure. I was never a Hazley guy. I'm just trying to float ideas here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't with know. Ricky Henderson. I, listen, at this point, I'd put Ricky Botalico out there and just see what happens. But Ricky Otero, there's a center fielder. There's a name from the past, Greg Crone. I mean, give me Ricky Lede. His, his, give me Ricky Lede. His claim to fame for the Phillies is what? Having the same name as Ricky Bobby. Uh, close, close. He caught the final out of Kevin Millwood's no-hitter for the Phillies. I'm sad that you know and that. He, and I'm pretty confident... If my memory serves me correct, he also was responsible for the only run in that game because he hit a solo home run. I believe that's the case. Adam Hazley hit a buck 90 last year before. I'm uh, not saying Hazley's good. That's, you know, yeah, yeah. The Phillies won one nothing. Their only run in the first inning on. Mm, it's coming, maybe. Didn't you just criticize me for uh, Underdog being a show where it was just Googling stuff? I'm not Googling. I mean, I'm Googling to confirm because I'm the man uh, at this. Sunday, April 27th, 2003. Pretty sure you criticized me. 27th, 2003. You guys had an entire episode that was, well, that can't be right. What year was this? I don't think it ever happened. I think it was a drug-addled hallucination. No, he threw a no-hitter against the Giants at the vet. Ricky Leday, god damn it. Uh, Phillies, John, Kevin Millwood, no-hitter box score. That's What's Jim Eisenreich up to? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Him, Pete Incavelia, Mario Duncan. Nails? Uh, well, I know what he's up to, and it's <laughs> never anything good. <laughs> yeah, but that man can cover some ground in center field. I guess. I mean, he he certainly uh, he certainly had had that ability. That's for sure. Yeah, Ricky Leday. He had the only RBI, and it was a solo home run. Bang! First inning solo home run. Second batter of the game. There we're, we're. I mean, look at this lineup: Chris Rollins, Leday, Abreu, Burl, Tommy, Liebrethal, Bell, Utley, Tomas Perez. How did this team not win a World Series? I don't know if that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> uh, Mickey Moniak on the roster. Really happy about that. Eminem. Uh, I mean, just do anything, right? 
Just do he anything? Was, he was supposed to be Steve Finley, and like even if he just turned into that defensive player, he would be super useful right now, but he's mediocre in both categories. Steve Finley was the man. What are we talking about? Steve yeah, I mean, Finley, you're not trying, Jim Edmonds. But Steve Finley isn't the guy you're trying to get when you have the first pick in the draft. I, sure. I mean, I get... Steve Finley batted 271 for his career. He had 1,100 RBIs. Cool. What how did Ken Griffey Jr. do? Uh, well, listen, all that, draft classes aren't created equally. No, and that's certainly like Nick Senzel is the best player from that class. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch Jim Edmonds highlights later, in between random darts videos. Maybe the saddest thing I've ever heard a person say out loud. I mean, listen. To be fair, YouTube is an incredible area. So while I'm while I'm listening to uh, the underdog podcast. I'll have yeah. separate videos on that are simply Jim Edmonds highlights, just the ain't really the angels highlights from the late, the er, late nineties, early two thousands. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I'll be watching. I'll be looking for the actual angels in the outfield. Look at that. <laughs> like, I'm just so disenchanted at this point. <laughs> you don't want to watch Jim Edmonds highlights. Listen, baseball stinks, uh, and yeah. the, the fact of the matter is I read today that the ghost runner thing that we thought was gone is somehow still going to be there. Oh, really? And I, don't, I don't know whether it's for just spring training or I didn't understand the report that I read. Um, yeah, I was under the impression that was over now. Yeah, it's me too. over now. Uh, reached tentative agreement to re-implement ghost runner in 2022. Okay. Yeah. This came out today at 523 Central Time. Well, maybe that is just them keeping things status quo, because I know it was 2023 when they have the option to implement the changes with 45 days notice. Uh, it's just just dumb. It's not baseball. Yeah. Like, wh- what are we doing? There is nothing better than that random 17-inning game that is just hilarious, and at the point where, like, like you just... You got pitchers who are playing the outfield like those things that that's what makes baseball fun and intriguing and like those types of things. And we're just trying to do away with it. For what reason? For what reason? I've said it a million times, but I I once saw Roy Oswalt play left field for the Phillies in the 15th inning of a game against the Cardinals. Yeah. And it was awesome. He made a catch. I think he threw somebody out at home. Like, I don't believe that happened, but he did. No, you're right. Yeah. He's the, the first two balls of the inning got hit to him. First one he caught, second one bounced in front of him. It was Vince Velasquez that threw somebody out from left field. And that, but yes, the one thing he has in, <laughs> in his life is an arm. That's true. Very true. Uh, it's just, to me, it is baffling that they are really going to bring that back. Uh, like, it is, it's, it's actually a joke. It's, yeah. it's like, it is, it, it's stupid. I, I like, what are they, what are they doing? Uh, Oh my god! I, why are they so dumb? Like why? I don't know, Greg. I don't know. But hey, on the plus side, I got—I uh, just—I hit a bid on a pair of Air Max ninety fives. Look at you! So everything is uh, everything is that's all that of matters. Because after today, all I have is expendable money. So this hey, is great. Listen, uh, that's that's what it's all about, bud. That folding money that you can just carry around and dish out. Like your uh, like your Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I had uh, last night. We we ordered dinner uh, at this restaurant near us. I'll shout him out, Antonio's Pizza, and it's a, it's a great pizza place. And um, 
I, I usually I pay online so you don't have to handle anything in person when they deliver it. But just like I had a, a brain slip, a little brain fart, and I hit pay on, you know, pay on delivery. All right, whatever. Like annoying, but right, the guy, show, the guy, guy shows up. I hand him my card. He looks at me like he is not familiar with what I'm handing to him. And uh, he's like, I don't have any way to take that. Now, he didn't say it like dismissive or anything. It was, a, it was a young kid who was, you know, a little awkward and just like didn't know. He was in a weird situation. And I'm like, oh, I assumed because it's 2022 that I could pay with a credit card. And he's like, I can only take cash. And I'm like, well, we find ourselves in quite a pickle. Don't <laughs> Plum out of cash. <laughs> yeah. So I had, I had a little like, but I didn't have enough to cover it. And uh, so I was like, uh, you think I can call the store and can I just like pay over the phone? He's like, probably. <laughs> well, wow. uh, and again, like the kid was perfectly nice. He just like he was uncomfortable. He didn't know. He didn't know the answers to the questions. So I call the store. And uh, he's like, oh, did the manager pick up? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm on hold. I'm like, nobody's answered yet. And he's like, yeah, there's, there's one person working in the store right now. The manager's the only person in the store answering phones and making pizza and everything. And uh, I immediately felt terrible. And I was like, are you the only delivery person? And he's like, yep. <laughs> so now I'm holding other people up. And I feel terrible about it. Just, just terrible. Eventually I pay uh, and it all works out. But like, I feel horrible about keeping this kid causing problems. I literally just gave him the $30 in my wallet as a tip. Yeah, hey, it's nice of you. I it, like he, he, I'm lucky that I didn't have more money cuz whatever was <laughs> in my wallet, I, it was so awkward. Like whatever was in my wallet was going to go home with that kid. I mean, so, to be fair, uh, I don't even think you could find $30 in my house right now. Oh, I never have cash on me. I just coincidentally happened to have cash because I bought it for parking for the Cavs game. Yeah, it, it cash is cash is really non-existent in my home, which is either a good or a bad thing. I'm not really sure. I think it's good. I feel like when I have anytime I have cash, it just feels like it, it's not real money. <laughs> it's already been taken out of the account, so I might as well spend it on whatever nonsense I want. Yes, that's very true. That was when I was in when I was big in refing. It was you're talking all cash. I had so much cash, I didn't know what to do with myself because I was where I was reffing all the time. Uh, but because it never went to the bank account, it was like, I can just do whatever I want with this. This is fine. But, but very important, was reported on your taxes for the IRS agency. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 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 100%. All of it. But, sometimes I reported extra because I wanted to I, pay taxes. Because go government. Threw double in there just to yeah. be safe. Smart. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just like, Anytime I have cash on me, it's it you're you're buying like the goofy like whatever you want. Who cares? It's cash. Yeah. Or anytime I have money in my PayPal, that's another one where it's like that's uh that's bonus money. That is why I immediately transfer stuff. Anytime I get PayPal or Venmo or anything like that, immediately transfer it because there is a very good shot I'm going to spend it on something dumb. Somehow Venmo feels like real money to me, where PayPal doesn't. Yeah, I could see that. Do you, I don't think you understand how, like, like, 
how many dart supplies have arrived at my house over the past, <laughs> like over the past two weeks. I don't think so, you understand how many pairs of shoes have arrived at my house. <laughs> we have similar we have similar problems. Yours is a little bit more expensive than mine, but I hear you. Yeah, it's it's a real issue, man. <laughs> it's a real problem. Um, yeah, I don't know, but so anyway, awkward, and I I I. I I always, you know, I work those shitty jobs, so yeah. I'm 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 usually a good tipper, but yeah, I I I don't tip thirty bucks on a random pizza delivery, and I am like I said, just happy that I only had thirty dollars on me. Well, that but that but that's like that's part of it though. Like as we got as we've gotten older, you remember being the pizza delivery guy. You remember yeah. being the waiter, the bus, whatever it is, whatever that that shit. The job contractor that you had. shows up at your house. Yeah, exactly. You you remember being being those guys. So anybody who treats you like shit is is just a jerk. But anybody who's you're overly nice to them because you remember you listen. You remember the people that treat you like crap way more than you remember the people who were super nice to you. That's just a matter of fact. So, yeah, like I only remember the people like when I was working at like Gotcha Onk or whatever. Like I only remember the people like who either had awful jobs and were terrible. Or tipped a hundred bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Like nobody makes, in the middle. Yeah, like the people who are just down the road, nice and like don't do anything like overly flashy or overly, you know, overly outward to you. You have you have zero recollection of that. That's how the country club was. Like when I worked at the country club and I dealt with like the actual people, the patrons of it. Yeah. Like I remember the really big jerks and I remember the really nice guys. Outside of that, I got nothing. And the tips, I always find it's never the people who have the giant houses that tip you a bunch of money. Never. never. It is, it's always like somebody who grew up and struggling a little bit and now is like on the like fringy upper middle class. Like Haley Joel Osment, baby, paying it forward. It is that those are the people who like the people who know that the work sucks and yeah. now have a little bit of money. Yeah, and they also appreciate it because they've been through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the rich people, they're just as likely to tip you nothing. The worst. The absolute worst. People, Gregory. Also, if anybody ever offers you in like one of those jobs, if people are like offering you water and stuff like that, you're not getting into it. Yeah, no, that's 100% how that works. Yeah. (laughs) Would you guys like some orange juice? Yeah. Yes, please. I have uh, orange juice, Sunny D, purple stuff. I got all that in the fridge. Which ones? Which ones do you guys want? My children drink it. <laughs> oh man, that's the crazy. orphans that we have chained up in the basement—they oh. <laughs> love the purple stuff. <laughs> oh god, that's... it's a sweat job. Anyway, well, hey, I get it. Yep. Do you? All right. Well, this is this feels way too much like a different show idea. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about uh, a little March Madness action, Gregory. We've got some fun games coming up, and we also have the CBI tournament coming up and the NIT oh, tournament. And Even I better. See, as I scroll through these things, let's talk about actual actual basketball. Let's get some picks done here. We've got. And this will be on the uh, the twenty fourth this Thursday. 
number four Arkansas versus number one Gonzaga. And Bavada has the Zags minus nine and a half. Arkansas has been scrappy, man. Uh, Musburger, uh, Musselman, Musselman. Not Musburger. Uh, Eric Musselman, he coaches that team up, man. They went, they went deep last year, and they have a very real chance of going deep again. But Gonzaga just sort of overwhelms you, right? Like yeah. in that in that second round game, where it looked like they were struggling a little bit, they struggled in the first game too, a little bit in the first half. All of a sudden, those second halves come come alive, and Drew Timmy just takes over. Yeah, like he 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 becomes an unstoppable force on the fast break in the paint. Like, I don't know how, I don't know if Arkansas is going to be able to deal with that. I think they keep it closer than nine, if I'm being perfectly honest, but uh, it's, it's going to be tough sledding for them to, to slow that team down. They're just too good. And it's the right mix of experience and like, uh, you know, I was gonna say rookie, but I mean like freshman talent, it's, it's that perfect mix that they have this year that really, really gives them a good shot uh, to to get all the way to the final four and even the national championship game. Again. I feel bad for Drew Timmy, like guys like Drew Timmy, guys like Kofi Cockburn from Illinois, that it is not 1982. Because if it was, teams would be falling all over themselves to draft these guys with the first couple of picks. But as it is, you know, Timmy's going to be lucky to go before the 50th pick in the draft. Yeah, it's just sort of the state of the NBA, though. It became, it's become such, such a positionless kind of game that that reliance on the big man isn't there. You don't need it anywhere near as much. It's weird when you have a team that builds around a center, uh, how unnecessary and how uh, like not fitting it is in the world of the NBA currently. You know, so it's it's going to be tough sledding for both of those guys from a professional standpoint. But we'll see. Yeah, well, Timmy Timmy is going to make a lot of money playing internationally. He's going to do just yeah. fine. Oh, absolutely. He's going to be a star over on like Anadolu Ethics or Real <laughs> Madrid. Could be worse. Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> I, like how, I like how you threw it in there with the, the correct, correct, uh, correct pronunciation. Well, the first time was wrong, but I got it right the second time. <laughs> what are you going to do? Barcelona. Uh, anyway, I'm a child. The, the next game we want to talk about here, number 11, Michigan, numero dos, villain of Wildcats. Bavada's got the Cats minus five. Man. Uh, I, no matter how much people can doubt Villanova, they just still come out and just impress. Like, even when the, even when the games get tight or get close, they, they're able to just pull it off and get get the baskets when they need them. Gillespie's been really kind of unbelievable in terms of his, his just court management, like being that sort of court general, but also providing the points and the spark they need when they need it. Yeah. And Michigan's been such an up and down team throughout the year. Like you don't know what to expect. Like I know they get the upset win in round one. They get the, you know, I guess another upset win in round two, uh, considering they're an 11 seed, but I can't say they were like, you know, ah, what did you expect against a Mountain West team in Colorado right. State? The win yeah. over Tennessee is a lot more impressive, obviously, because of how high Tennessee was riding. But let's be let's be real. It's Rick Barnes. Like Rick mm. Barnes in the tournament is just an average coach. That's just how it works. It doesn't it's it's you could set your clock to it. Like it's 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 insane. 
uh, how mediocre Rick Barnes' teams become when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really intriguing matchup. I don't. You got to figure out how to stop Dickinson in the middle if you're Villanova. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a problem. You you got to hope that Dixon can stay out of foul trouble and just keep keep him away from the basket. But I don't. I mean, it's. I think I think you may have to. It may be a situation where you have to live with him getting like eighteen to twenty five, and just hope that everybody or stop everybody else around it. That's the way mm-hmm. you're going to have to win this game. Um, but I'm intrigued to see the matchup because I think I think if Villanova takes that game, they have a, a very they they still have a tough road, but they have a very serious shot of beating either Arizona or Houston. Yeah, Arizona's really good. They are very good. Uh, Benedict Matherin is very good. Yes, he is. Uh, reminds me of Terrence Ross. As a, I think that's what he's going to be as a pro. And uh, we'll talk about them in a second, though. Let's talk about the number three Texas Tech Red Raiders versus number two Duke. Here's an interesting one, Gregory. Bavada has Duke plus a point. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to pick against. Uh, it's hard to pick against the the Texas Tech team that's been very good and very dominant for most of the year. I mean, twenty seven and nine versus thirty and six, but the ACC has been, I think, a little bit better than the Big Twelve. I, I don't know. It's it's a tough matchup for for everyone. The fact that Texas Tech is doing this without like their actual leading scorer and things like that, mm-hmm. right? No, no, no. Sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Houston uh, and Marcus Sasser. I got my teams confused. Um, but the fact that Texas Tech, I guess, is doing it with sort of a first-year a first year head coach uh, is is really impressive, right? I mean, this is a team that's, what, two years? Well, two tournaments removed from being in the national championship game. Uh, I'm sure. Zaire uh, Smith, baby. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, hey, listen, that's the, that's the next Kawhi to you, buddy. How dare you? They had Zaire Smith and Jarrett Culver. How could they lose? <laughs> well, very easily, apparently. Um, but yeah, man, it's it really comes down to if Duke decides to play defense or not. If they yeah. if they do not defend, it's going to be a real problem for them because this is an efficient offensive team that doesn't really they're not going to let you get away with the mistakes that Michigan state might get, let you get away with, or that, you know, a 15 seed is going to let you get away with. Uh, I, it's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting to see if, if coach K can dial it up for them uh, one more time, I guess, and, and get them into that final or that elite eight matchup. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, I'm hopping all over. This Duke money line, though. Well, Duke all plus money, over. you have to take it. Yeah. All over, minus 105, Duke money line. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and, no, and by the way, I also love this next game. So, just for the record, since I'm a pick genius, I'm going Zags money line, play it safe. Going Nova money line, play it safe. Although it's not going to let me for some reason. Don't ask me why. Uh, Next game we're going to talk about, though, number five, Houston, number one, Arizona. Gregory, Bovada has Arizona minus one and a half. I mean, I think they have to consider this. It's going to be a track meet style game. Like just the way Houston plays, they are just up and down the floor like constantly. If you watched, 
if you watch that game uh, over the weekend, the second round game against Illinois, like they just ran around that team. And I know Illinois was was very good in the Big Ten this year. I think co-Big Ten champs. It it is it is a wildly different scene when you go up against a team that can run up and down the court like that. I don't think there's anybody built in the Big Ten anywhere near like Houston is, and it showed. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to stop it. And and then you move over to Arizona, and it's like they can do the same thing. Like they yeah. had to, to scratch and claw that win, uh, scratch and claw that win over TCU late on Sunday. Like it, it that did not come easy for them in any way. But it came down to honestly, it came down to being able to offensive rebound and get those second chances. Like if they hadn't been able, uh, there was that one possession where that Creasa dude took like three threes in one possession, missed all of them, and then they still ended up getting a fourth offensive rebound or the third offensive rebound and getting a basket out of it. I think it might have been it might have actually been an end one. It might have been the the Matherin end one that he got. Like it, it, if they're willing to bang the boards like that and really make you pay, like Houston's going to have to be able to follow that. But if they turn it into just an all-out race, that's that's an anybody can win you know, ball game at that point because, like, to keep up with Houston is very difficult. It's actually amazing how how well Kelvin, Sam, uh, Kelvin Sampson has turned that around. Like, mm-hmm. he sort of disappeared after the whole Minnesota and then was going to go to Indiana. Or, no, he was at Indiana for a second, wasn't he? I don't know. There was the whole, like, scandal with recruiting and stuff like that. And then he just kind of shows up in Houston, and they've, they've quickly – you know, over the course of like the last five or six years, been in the national spotlight for the first time since what, like Elijah Wan or Drexel or Drexler. Like it's nuts. It's nuts. How quickly it's turned around. I'm that's actually, that might be the game. I'm the most excited for uh, just based off of the matchups that are here. I really, the two late games, honestly, but I think the Houston Arizona game to me is the most interesting of all of them. Well, here's what I'm going to say, Gregory. Arizona's a lock minus one and a half. An absolute, shock me. An absolute lock. Like I said, you take that Zags money line. You take the Nova money line. You take Duke money line to win. Take Arizona minus one and a half to cover. You're up to uh, plus 555 on four picks. You're stealing money. You are utterly stealing money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to that, place that widget right now. Might as well. I, I like free money. I like it. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to risk this. I'm not buying points. I don't need to buy points. Arizona. <laughs> what? Actually, I got to buy some points. Um, that, that, that's dumb. All right. Bet placed theoretically 20 bucks to win 111. And uh, done deal. That's. That is guaranteed money. I couldn't agree more. I love it. Guaranteed money. And for me, the parlay master. I mean, you are on a hot streak. The hottest streak, Greg. I've never been wrong. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Let's hit these last four. These are tougher. Um, no lie about that. These are tougher. Maybe the, maybe this uh, this first game the least difficult of the, the, the group, but uh, number 15 St. Peter's heads to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to take on the number three Purdue Boilermakers. Bavada has Purdue 
big line here, minus 12 and a half. Well, it is interesting considering St. Peter's is a North Jersey school. They sort of mm-hmm. get the geographic advantage in this situation. I don't know how many supporters St. Peter's has in general, but you have to imagine that the the group of whomever, alumni or current students, et cetera, can make the trip to the city of Philadelphia for this game. Yeah. So you do wonder a little bit of the crowd makeup, but let's be fair. The 15 seeds, once they get to that second weekend, in the rare occasions that it happens, uh, like you're talking the Florida Gulf Coast, Oral Roberts last year, like this is sort of where this, the, the, you know, the carriage turns it back into a pumpkin situation if we're talking Cinderella comparison, yeah. right? Uh, I also think uh, one of the worst events of the, the weekend was Matt was at a concert uh, Sunday night and he was talking up Purdue up big. They were up three at the time against Texas. And uh, as soon as he said, are we getting tickets to go to the Purdue game? Purdue's going to win the national championship. I'm putting a future on Purdue. I immediately live bet, like immediately live line Texas money line. It was like plus 460. Uh, now, granted, immediately after I did that, like within, I'm saying within 15 seconds of that happening, play resumed and Jaden Ivey hit that absolute dagger, dead to rights three-pointer to put Purdue up six and essentially sealed the game. So, you know, it is what it is, but uh, I just think Purdue's just way too talented. I don't know how St. Peter's can deal with the bigs inside. Ivey's clearly an NBA talent, like a top-tier draft pick. I don't mm-hmm. I don't see I don't see how St. Peter's can stand with them. Yeah, St. Peter's has been incredibly fun. And I will tell you, unlike some of the other tournament dar- darlings, the Loyola Marymounts, the uh the Florida Gulf Coasts, the uh Arkansas Pine Bluff, was that was it Arkansas Pine Bluff? I think Pine it might Rock, have been something like that. The Arkansas that Little Arkansas Rock. Little Rock. Man, I don't know. There was an Arkansas. Yeah. One of these things is real. One of most are not. I think they can be legitimate if Shaheen Holloway doesn't get a much bigger job this offseason. That guy's going to write his own ticket real quick. This St. Peter's team, I think they're sustainable because maybe the best run offense of any team in the tournament. The offense is I mean, that, beautiful. That's all you need. That That is execution is like the absolute, the absolute key in these games. And that's just like, if you can run a good offense, no matter the you know athlete versus athlete on the court or player versus player, if you can be efficient and get your get your shots up and and run the plays that you you know you need, it's you can beat anybody, and they've proved it. And don't under uh, underestimate the magic of the uh, October seventh birthday for Shaheen Holloway. Incredible birthday also includes me and Simon Cow. Well, hey. Listen, happy, happy early birthday to you, buddy. I mean, it's like seven months away, but thank you. Almost your half birthday. Almost my half birthday. And that is definitely <laughs> a thing. Let's this. This is the last one that I feel like, you know, I don't know if I'm taking. I don't like the 12 and a half cover that that scares me a little bit. Although they're like you said, they're going to have a hard time dealing with the the Purdue bigs. It's the money line is a lock. The Purdue money line is a lock. If you want to follow that, that'll bring it up to plus six twenty one. I'll probably avoid it because why add that extra game in there? So just take the four I gave you plus five fifty five and and count your count your dollar bills, Gregory. 
Well, there's just, just make it rain. There's just no way that Purdue or there's no way that St. Peter's has dealt with a guy of Edie's size. Like there just yeah. isn't. Like it's very hard to replicate because his size and skill level is going to be impossible to replicate from a practice perspective. You haven't seen it in games. I think I think there's early foul trouble for St. Peter's, which derails them. Agreed. Number four, Providence versus number one, Kansas. Bavada has Kansas minus seven. Providence out here just absolutely throwing it in everybody's face who thought they were gigantic frauds. Yep. Um, and like just dispatching South Dakota State and then obviously dismantling Richmond um, was very helpful to them not having to face an Iowa team that we thought was good, but turns out they stink. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how they match up with Kansas. Kansas feels like that team that nobody talked about all year. But it's just quietly, you know, in, in the driver's seat. They're a one seed. They've they 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 easily ran through obviously both Texas Southern, uh, and then they beat Creighton by what seven. You know, obviously that's not a dominant win, but I think that game was a lot less close than the final score sort of prevails or yeah. uh, not prevails. Whatever. I got you. it's late. Um, the uh, so I I, re- I kind of like Kansas in this game. But I think Providence does keep it very close. So I would take Providence to cover that seven and a half. I think you're probably right there. But it, this scares me enough that I, I'm going if I were if this was uh this was parlay, I would have completely avoided this game. Probably. It, it also wouldn't shock me if Providence won outright. No, it definitely it's definitely a possibility. There's no doubt about that. Like they they are good enough. They come from a, de- a good enough conference uh, that can compete. They can compete with anybody. And Ed Cooley's a great head coach. So yeah. I- I'm very. I'd be very shocked if this game was a blowout for Kansas. Uh, but I really, I I could see either option in terms of the money line very easily. I would be really scared to to wager on any of these last three games, quite frankly. Um, including number eight, North Carolina versus number four, UCLA. And Bavada has UCLA minus two. Well, this game has the biggest question mark, right? This mm-hmm. game has the the Jaime Jaquez ankle injury that he suffered with like six minutes left in UCLA's second round game. Um, he had 15 points in the first half. Then he didn't have any points for that next 14 minutes. And then he got hurt. And since he got hurt, it became a, you know, it's a big storyline. Now he is, he has actually been the guy who has kept them going in these games in the tournament this year. Last year it was Juzang this year. So far it's been Hawkes who's led the way in terms of scoring and, and really kind of held it together for them. That first round game, they, they struggled a little bit with Akron during that game. And there were parts of the second half where Hawkes was the guy they had to rely on to, to put the ball in the basket because Juzang mm-hmm. was shooting bad and it just, things weren't working out. Um, Whereas North Carolina has been unbelievably impressive, like unbelievably impressive, just completely dismantling uh, Marquette in that first game. Like it wasn't even, it it was disgusting, like disrespectful to how badly they beat Marquette. They were like 30 at halftime. Like that is uh, almost inconceivable when you talk about an eight, nine matchup. Uh, and then to go out and beat the defending champions, and it's hard to discount Baylor. It, it's a little easy to discount Baylor simply because of the <laughs> really injuries. went full circle there. I said I said harder, and I meant to say discount the. I meant to say discount the win over Baylor. Um, it's easy to do that. 
It's easy to do that simply because I really wish ESPN would stop auto playing the advertisements in my ear. Oh, um, it's, it's, it's insane. But people should be auto playing the the uh, the playlist from the underdog on YouTube. That is that is accurate. Uh, but the situation going, becomes guys. is <laughs> Baylor missing their leading scorer and obviously lost their big man earlier in the middle of the season. So like, it's a, it's a it's a it's not a hundred percent Baylor team. Uh, but you can't really take anything away from North Carolina. They were they were excellent, even though they almost yeah. blew a lead uh, and ended up having to go to overtime to win that game. Like they they were fantastic in that game, and it I could if if Hawkins isn't a hundred percent, I don't know if he's gonna be. I think this is a game where North Carolina can absolutely steal it and find themselves one win away from a Final Four berth. And finally, number eleven Iowa State versus number ten Miami Florida. Bovada has the Hurricanes minus two. I mean, I love what Jim Laranig has done with this Miami team. They've sort of came out of nowhere. But it also proves that the ACC is still a really, really competitive and good conference. That a team mm-hmm. that gets a 10 seed out of there, it can still do- – I mean, they they didn't just beat Auburn. They were in control of that game pretty much in its entirety. Like, it was, it was not close. The end never got close. Like they they just controlled that game, controlled the second half. Uh, it, it was it was really really well done. And then Iowa State, I mean, they knock out the other co big Big Ten champs in Wisconsin. They've been they've been excellent too. I think this is a really fun game, a hard one to predict. If I'm being perfectly honest, for sure. I do I do think Miami gets the win and the cover, uh, but it's going to be a tight one all the way up and down. If if I had to guess. So yeah, so you're. You're just take you would take the minus one fifteen for the 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 two point yeah. cover from Miami. I'd, I'd go I'd go money line versus the actual spread. Well, you said or, they sorry. were. Oh, you said I'd they go, were I'd go yeah, all the way around. Again, I'd go spread instead of money line. Roller coaster, Gregory. Just roller coaster. It has um, been a long day. Oh, trust me, I know it. So look, I have to pay for some plumbing bills. So that's I'm taking Zags money line. I'm taking Wildcats money line. Taking Duke money line, taking Arizona to cover. I'm going to wager as much as I have to to cover my plumbing bills, and I encourage you guys all to do the same because I'm just saying it's it's a goddamn lock. It most certainly is. I I I love your confidence. Gotta be when when you are this good at what you do, the confidence just it comes out naturally. It just oozes out of you. I can, I tell you, can I tell you that this is 100% a byproduct of doing a show by myself? 100% <laughs> a byproduct. It's, it took me – like you can go back and listen to this stuff. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. But just listen to like chunks from the first episode, the second episode, the third episode. And then I realized that I, on my own, have to be high energy and entertaining. And the sixth episode, the seventh episode, very different. Hey, I I get it. I hundred percent get it. <laughs> Very different. Also, like you know, I people don't understand that they're like, oh, you do you do a podcast? Yeah, that's pretty easy. Like it can, it's it's look, I'm not saying it's a bad problem. It's a great problem to have, but it's draining to try and be professionally entertaining for an hour. It is 100% exhausting. And to do that on your own is 
a three X multiple. Yeah. yeah, it's a three X multiple of how tired, like how how drained you are. Anytime I have to record two, three shows in a day, like I don't want to do anything else. I just when that third show is over, I just want to go lay down. Yeah, I, I fully understand that. I mean, when you talk about having to edit it or even do any of that stuff as well, and you throw that in there, yeah. it is it is exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. Hardest job in the world. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. it. hardest job in the world. I people talk about more. people talk about like the the crab fisherman. <laughs> Get out of here. Deadliest catch. Yeah, right. More like deadliest podcast. <laughs> and on that note, that's been this week's episode. If you're wrong, and here's why. For Greg Kern, I'm Chris Horwood. We thank you for listening. We'll see you back here next time. <laughs>